When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulder. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bowl, the fountain of truth, the fountain of truth about aging. And uh, two major conferences are coming up. That is RADFEST, R-A-A-D, FEST, and that's going to be in San Diego. And another conference that I helped to organize for the past two years, I'll be a participant this year, an attendee, and that is Targeting Metabesity. That is the premier geroscience conference on living longer and living healthier, and that is virtual. So I'm covering both those as press. My purpose will be to create a report for you on what is actually valuable to you right now in leading a longer and healthier life and perhaps beating the chronic diseases of aging. So for those of you who would like my free report, it will not come out until November, go to adrianberg.com and make sure that you go to contact and say, send me the report or the conference report and I'll know what you mean. Now, today we're getting into an area that seems to be overloaded, and that is financial but also life planning for your retirement future. You hear about it a lot, the words life purpose are batted around, uh, and yet at the end of the day, and you know my pet peeve here because you've read my blogs, most people end up playing pickleball. Believe me, pickleball would not be so great if you guys had anything decent to do. So why is that not happening? Who can facilitate you choosing something exciting and delicious and life-changing and world-changing? Well, there is such a thing as a retirement coach who helps people consciously design their own journey into retirement. And that beautiful last phrase I stole from my guest. My guest is Eric Weigel, and he is the author, uh, he's the founder of Retire with Possibilities, the author of Reimagining Retirement, the Nine Keys to True Wealth. And he is somebody there to navigate, help you navigate the new world of retirement planning. So, Eric, thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Adrian. I'm really honored to be on your show. You know, one of the reasons that we got together was because we're both aficionados of the Modern Elder Academy. And last, a couple of weeks ago, I had Chip Conley, who started Modern Elder Academy, on my show. And that is the show that's up now, Pitch Pitch, for those people who want to hear the leader of Airbnb talk about being a modern elder. But we both want to be modern elders. So let's focus for a moment on your book. The name of the book is Reimagining Retirement, The Nine Keys to True Wealth. And the part of that, the part of that uh, title that I want to deal with for a minute here, Eric, is the words true wealth. What does that mean to you in your life, and what does it mean in the book? Um, yes, I, I think I, was, I wanted to be a little bit controversial because usually the word wealth is associated with money. How wealthy are you? And people, if you ask that question, a lot of people just say, they'll say, well, I'm, I'm okay. You know, I can afford to live a long life and with my current lifestyle. But what I wanted to emphasize in this book and a big part of my retirement coaching practice is really that wealth is multidimensional. And um, 
I came up with nine nine different areas of wealth, um, money being one of them, or the financial side, but not necessarily being the most important. Of course, you have to have money, but you also need, for example, health. You need something to do with your time. So I call that the time management. And there's other elements, like, for example, purpose or achievements that don't stop the minute that you no longer are working in your primary career. Now, you know, there's another word that you use, and I want to emphasize this one. This is a tough one, Eric. Um, he's the founder. Eric is the founder of Retire with Possibilities. And um, we're going to send you to his website because there's a lot of very important information on it. Before we do, let me tell you what I find proactive people have a trouble with. They have too many possibilities. They don't know what to pick and what to focus on. So in your experience coaching people through their retirement and your own self, should they be just doing it all or should they be focusing or can you do some of both? I think you can do some of both initially. Uh, clearly, you know, you might go down one path. You might decide that you want to be the best at pickleball in your neighborhood. Um, and you may decide that after a while, after playing for, you know, for a couple of years, that that's no longer interesting. And that's part of our evolution as humans. We don't, we, we like change. We like to be challenged. Um, so I think a big part of, of your choices is really understanding sort of what is appropriate for you at this stage in life. I read a book by a psychologist called Barry Schwartz, and he talked about the era of complexity. We have so many choices now available to us as we retire that uh, all those choices actually make, um, you know, create stress in our lives because we're, we formerly were used to the idea of picking the best option. You, you really can't do that anymore. You pick something that's close to best, but because there's so many choices out there, my job, for example, as a retirement coach, a lot of times is actually to make your box smaller. It's to say, okay, here, here's what you've told me you want to do. Let's now focus on that area and not everything else. You know, there's a great line I love, and it's in the Talmud, something like, why spoil a great question with an answer? <laughs> so... So let's set the stage. Uh, you've got a client. They're sitting with you. They may be Zooming with you. They have uh, this uncharted new tabula rasa called retirement. They've got a million things on their mind that they didn't do in the past, that they're thinking of doing, that their wife or husband wants them to do. You ask them questions. Give us, let's say, the two or three top questions that you would ask them to answer so maybe our listeners could start to answer those for themselves. The first question, and I think the most important question is, what type of life do you want? And I have this concept of a balanced life that basically has five areas, has pleasure, legacy, meaning, comfort, and freedom. And I, I asked him the question in terms of, do you want the easy life or do you want a fulfilling life? And a lot of times people haven't really thought about that. The easy life is the life that, for example, if you if you have a lot of money and you decide to retire to Florida or Arizona and you and you, your plan is to play pickleball or golf five days a week, go out to dinner every night and go to Europe a couple times a year, 
and that's it, that's what I would define as the easy life. Uh, a fulfilling life is actually a little bit more more difficult to achieve because it means you have to stretch. You have to search for that meaning in your life. And a lot of times people don't really know what it is. Um, so that's my number one question to them. And once they think about that, um, we start sort of structuring sort of, I have three uh, three questions. One is, you know, kind of who do you want to be? Uh, when you grow up, or who do you want to be over the next 10, 20 years? Yes. The second one is, what do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? And the third one is, why? Why do you want to do those things? So I, I, I went a couple questions over, but I think that the most important question is, do you want an easy life or do you want a fulfilling life? Yes, and I, before we end this segment, I want to make a personal uh, comment, and that is I'm struggling always between the two. Uh, I did not have an easy life, and I had a particularly difficult childhood uh, because of the death of my father when I was very young and, and other uh, deaths. So it was, it was not an easy childhood, and I actually have a much better older age than any other part of my life, and that's not atypical. So I am always personally struggling because, thank God, I could do the easy life. You forgot to mention Palm Springs. You only mentioned Florida and Arizona. <laughs> So right, talk right. about golf and pickleball, forget about it. <laughs> so uh, in doing that, I have personally discovered that eventually that easy life becomes a race toward death, that it becomes so unfulfilling that you begin to focus on the negative of aging, whereas the fulfilling life, tougher, tougher, uh, you're not focused on that. You're focused on more life and more life and more life. And this is what uh, is part of the essence of what Eric Weigel brings to the table in um, Retire with Possibilities. Not re- his, it's not called, he didn't found Retire with Pickleball. <laughs> he founded Retire with Possibilities. And we'll be right back to talk a little bit more and take a deeper dive into how this kind of coaching works and why he chose to do this in the first place. Don't you go anywhere. All of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit. I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da 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 da, da 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit. Cause I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Bergen. This is Generation Bowl, the fountain of truth, the fountain of truth about aging. And the fountain of truth about aging is it can be really, really nice. It can be really, really exciting. No kidding. No joke. Really serious. And if you feel that way, guess what? You will live longer. I hang out with geroscientists. These are the best of the best. These are the guys who are bringing the metformins to the FDA, uh, the rapamycins. It's not their first rodeo. They've already come up with the drugs you are taking today to live longer and better. And what do they say to me? Exercise, move, eat right, and have life purpose, and you will live longer. And they even tell you how many years. If you have more life purpose, it's seven years longer for loving the fact that you're aging. So, what are you going to do with your time, I say? Well, there are people who have answers to that. 
and they are navigators of your retirement future. And one of them is with us today. His name is Eric Weigel. He is the founder of Retire with Possibilities. He is the author of Reimagining Retirement, The Nine Keys to True Wealth, where you really dig deep into the life you love. So before we go anywhere, Eric, tell everybody how to find you, how to find the book, so that we have you as a resource. Yes. So in terms of finding me, um, my website is retirewithpossibilities.com. Um, and uh, you can also find my background on LinkedIn. Um, so those are the two primary spots to find information on my company and myself. And in terms of finding the book, it's available on Amazon at the moment, both a Kindle version as well as the paperback. So this is terrific. And, and let's talk a bit about your journey. You're almost like the poster boy for what you're trying to achieve, I, I would think. A little bit of a model there. Uh, because you did not, you weren't a coach. This is something you, you chose to do as your possibility. Tell us a little bit about how that emerged, because it goes parallel uh, in what you help your clients to do. Yeah, my, my journey or, or how I got to coaching or even thinking about retirement coaching was really sort of my own journey. Uh, when, I, when I turned about 50, um, I was divorced at 48. You know, I, I've been married for 23 years and divorced at 48. And that's a big life event, which yeah. makes you think about, you know, kind of what you're doing in, in this world. Um, you know, what you could have done better, what, you know, it, it makes you think in general about, you know, where you're going with your life. So around the age of 50, I started really thinking, what is it that I want to do? I had been an investment manager for my entire career. So I had worked for large consulting firms, dealing with some of the largest pension funds in the world. I had managed mutual funds, um, you know, for a number of years. I was really at the pinnacle of my profession, but I also was a little bored. Um, and I, I had always been bored, honestly, and, and as an investment manager. It was an interesting field, but I always felt that I was not giving enough. And there, were, there was that Chinese wall between myself and, and people actually using, for example, the investment products that I was working on. So I wanted to be to have more of a human touch. That's that was the number one thing. The other thing is I always felt a little constrained by not being able to um, talk to more people, publish, write more, talk, you know, give presentations because the, in the financial industry a lot of that is highly regulated. Yes. Um, but it was really more internal, an internal sort of reawakening to the fact that. I had a lot of years ahead of myself and um, my happiness had dipped and I wanted it, I wanted it back and I wanted to, to make it a, have a sustainable level of happiness in my life. You know, it's interesting because we must talk about money. And I think that uh, when I say money, more ears perk up to this podcast than when we talk about life purpose. It's a shame, but it's true. And I gave up many years, and many of us do, to, of life uh, enjoyment by being a lawyer, and it was very lucrative. And if you ask me, I did it for the money. Now, it turned out that I had a, much more of an impact as a lawyer than I thought uh, because some laws changed because of my advocacy, but I didn't even know it. 
And the truth is I was so miserable, I didn't even care. Uh, it's only now that I go back and I look more prideful about about my past as an attorney. 35 years, by the way. This is not a minute. Um, but it was the money. Now, it's only now, let's say in the past, say from 65 to almost 75, that I have had the money to do and pursue the life purpose that I love. So I am not uh, blind to the fact that some of these issues of all the possibilities cannot be achieved unless you focus on your finances. Now, uh, I, you and I have a love-hate relationship with this. You, you, I let my licensing go. You let your licensing go. You're getting it back. I won't uh, now, but I've done that too. Uh, how, how do you help people? How are you planning to help people navigate that baseline issue of having enough money behind them so that they can do what they love? Yeah, money money is is essential. M- money is the fuel that allows you to live the life you want. Um, and how much money you have is really dependent on what your lifestyle is, right? So I think I think a big part of the the fear factor when it comes to money is because people throw out a number out there. And I've had those conversations many many times with people in the past where they say, "What's your number?" And I yeah. that question even always a book called what's your number? Yeah, <laughs> that question always confused me because uh, I wasn't I, I was never money money driven in my career. Uh, in fact, you know, I never really even managed sort of the household finances. I just sort of made the money and 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 spend it kind of the way I wanted to. Um, part of the advantage that I had. I think I think of it as an advantage is I grew up in Latin America, so I grew up in a you know middle to upper class family, but I did see a lot of poverty around and a lot of the and and I also because I have relatives for example in Costa Rica, um, I see that you don't need that much money to be happy, um, but you do need some money. So so um, but money is the amount of money you have really needs to be measured in relation to what you what you need to spend it on. Um, so so I think that um, I always try to kind of make that clear to people is that there is no absolute number that you must have, um, but there has to be enough money there to, to be to sustain you over the rest of your life. So I usually start that conversation not from a perspective of assets, but I started from a perspective of expenditures. What are you spending your money on? What is important to you? And, you know, if you can answer that question, it puts in your face who you are. I was explaining, David knows, I, uh, Eric knows I've got a lot of books out. And in almost every book for every demographic, uh, there's a chapter called Finding David. If you remember the story, it's an apocryphal story. I don't think it's true. But somebody said, Michelangelo, how did you make David? And he said, I chipped away from the marble and what was left was David. And... Um, the great statue is so beautiful, but so are we when we chip away what we really don't want, what we really don't need, and we find ourselves. We also find our budget. We find what we want to spend our money on, and from there, we can create that relationship. So this is the kind of thing that I used to do with people that a fellow like Eric Weigel does today. 
really, really navigates you through, not just what you want to do in life, but how you can sustain yourself while you're doing something terrific. Uh, and I'll just end this, uh, this segment by saying Social Security, pensions, withdrawals of IRAs, they come when you're older, and they are the base of what you can uh, expect to live on. So when you're younger, please pay attention to those things. Maximize your pension, maximize your Social Security, maximize your IRAs, and you'll be much better off when you meet with with Eric. Uh, We'll be right back. We're going to talk about one other aspect of this, and that is when Eric Weigel has a couple, he talked about his own divorce, what about folks who want to retire differently? And how do you make that work? Don't you guys go anywhere. Full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and there is one and only Generation Bowl, the fountain of truth about aging. We are now in our fourth year. We're going into our fifth year, which is terrific. Uh, I also want you to know that uh, we have, well, this is a season now. This is a season for Gero conferences. They're all over the place, and I'm covering two of them as press. I, the two that I think make the biggest difference in understanding how we age, biologically age. Uh, so many uh, of my shows have been with geroscientists and health and health span. But these two conferences, Targeting Metabesity, which is the premier geroscience conference, and RADFEST, which is the premier product conference, are happen to be both in the month of October, so I'm going to cover them, and I'm going to write a report for you. So what I think are the biggest breakthroughs right now that you can do today, not next year, not next week, not in the horizon. Uh, And for those of you who want that, of course, it's an audio report. It's absolutely free, and you can get it by going to adrianberg.com, contact and say, I want the report, or tell me about the conference, or I want to live longer. I'll know what you're talking about. It'll be right in the message section. All right, so today we are speaking about a subject in a little bit of a different way, we talk about retirement financial planning. We talk about retirement purpose planning. But Eric Weigel, who is the author of Reimagining Retirement, The Nine Keys to True Wealth, and founder of Retire with Possibilities, talks about both and sees the connection and the nexus of both. So, Eric, uh, here's an issue. Uh, first of all, I actually do want you to tell people where to find you again. Uh, your book is on Amazon. So that's an easy one. And give us your website. Yeah, it's retirewithpossibilities.com. So so I actually do not live in an over 55 community. I live in a uh, a gated community because that's all there is in Palm Springs, more or less. Um, and it's like well, like you would think in Palm uh, Beach or Florida, Arizona, all the, all the meccas. There are places to play golf, what you call the easy retirement, right? And I I see a phenomenon. And the phenomenon is that those people fortunate enough to have long marriages, be married at retirement, they have different ideas of what retirement is. 
one does want that easy retirement that you graphically uh, expressed to us. Others want the more complicated purpose-driven one or some of both. And there can be conflict. Now, as a retirement coach, maybe it's a little easier if you only have one client at a time. But not everybody's a friendless orphan. You know, a lot of people are married. So what do you do when they're sitting in front of you and their significant other doesn't feel the same way they do about what life should be like? Yeah, it, it's definitely a huge issue. And I would say in most cases, that's the, that's the case with most couples, especially if, if they haven't talked about retirement before they actually retire. So I, I prefer when people come in before they retire, clearly, because these issues, be, you know, they, they start talking about these, these issues for the first time. So I recently had a couple, for example, come in that's planning to retire in a couple years. And uh, the wife wants to stay in Massachusetts and look after the grandchildren uh, two to three days a week. And the husband wants to move to Naples, Florida, and play golf. And it's a huge issue because clearly, um, if one is in Massachusetts and the other one is in Florida, that's not a great recipe for having a a good relationship or long-term, you know, stable relationship. Um, so, So, and it has a lot of financial implications because what it really means is that they would have to have the budget to fly back and forth a lot. But I think, I think, I think the main issue is that you need to kind of get this out. Um, And a lot of people I find reluctant to talk about, they're almost afraid to kind of reveal what they're, what they, what they're looking for. Uh, But once it comes out, it's a process of compromise, just like the issue when to have kids, when to, when you need to uh, move for a job, for example. Um, So it's really, it's really a process of um, just helping them along to understand that being different is okay. And maybe they need to sort of allocate a certain amount of their time to their different pursuits and be respectful of that. Um, And then coming together is a different sort of time allocation. Yeah, it's so important to be honest. And you often do need a third party uh, like Eric, like a retirement or life planning coach, because people do talk about their retirements all the time, but it's very surface. When will we retire? And how much do we have? And usually the when has to do with the money. Should we, you know, uh, make a bigger pension and work a few years longer? So they're always talking about the money or the timing. They rarely ever talk about what their retirement is going to look like. And people who've been married 50 years get shocked that the other person who they've been married to has a completely different idea of what retirement is than they do. And I think that the reason that it's so hard, Eric, is it's scary. You know, as you know, divorce over 50 and even over 65 is ratcheting up. Highest uh, amount of change in the divorce statistics are older adults. People wonder why. But they do see their last, say, 30 years very differently. And people don't want to live another person's life for their end, end game. It's, so I think, again, just expressing what you really want and knowing what it is, getting it on the table takes away some of that fear. And uh, I'd be interested to know what that couple 
finally decides to do uh, in in their life. But it is cer- certainly it's an issue. Now, yeah, it's an it's a yeah. huge issue, and I think that um, I always tell people that they really have to really understand that their identity is is going to be different in retirement um and that um and that that they really need to uh really think about what you know who they want to be and that's in relation to their couple you know there's another area here and it's related and that's health uh in your nine uh keys to true wealth health is one of those and that's another issue with the couples have you run across a situation where one is just aging uh, better than the other, and they can't do everything that the other one can do. That's another dichotomy I'm seeing here. Absolutely, absolutely, and that happens. Sometimes that's because of different mindsets. I've seen people where w- one person in a, in a couple um, takes control of, of their health. Uh, they move, as, as, as you mentioned before. They eat well. They 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 actually take care of themselves, and the other person doesn't really care, and and that creates a huge conflict um, because not only are you spending time apart doing different things, but you're also sort of, I think every day that goes by, you're putting more and more distance between yourself and your couple. Yes, and I think that that's tragic, and I sometimes we feel this a lot as women. I will make it a gender issue. We do exercise. We're the ones in the yoga classes and the the pool aerobics, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We're uh, most of the volunteers. And we see this in our husbands, perfectly, wonderfully active men when they were working, becoming very inactive when they're not working. And it is a typical issue. This is, that one is not so fringy. It's almost everybody. Uh, and the scientists will tell you, we do live eight years longer still and eight years healthier. And a lot of it has to do with a different mindset, some of which is motivated by looks and the fact that we get more marginalized than men. Uh, men do better in the way people see them as they age. So they do less. It's an issue. When we come back. I want to talk to Eric Weigel, uh, founder of Retire with Possibilities, about the issue of psychographics. That's what we're really talking about. If you, if you and I, my listeners, were sitting in a classroom, they would be taking a lesson on psychographics if they were in the marketing business. The difference the way we think, not the difference of how old we are or even our gender. And that comes up a lot, Eric. You're very sensitive to that. We're going to talk about that when we return. Don't you go anywhere. All of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da, 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 da. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth the fountain of truth about aging. And uh, I have with me today, Eric Weigel. Now he is the founder of Retire With Possibilities. You can find that at retirewithpossibilities.com. You can learn more about him. I love LinkedIn. He is on LinkedIn, of course. 
You'll read a little bit about him on the front page of our website when we put up on adrianberg.com and all the disseminators, all the podcast disseminators, this wonderful discussion that we're having. Uh, and he's written a seminal book on retirement. He's about to do another one. This one is Retirement, um, uh, Reimagining Retirement, The Nine Keys to True Wealth, which does cover money and life purpose, as well as, of course, health and many others. And that's on Amazon. Uh, what I'm asking of Eric is one of my favorite topics. And that is, in the marketing world, we call it a psychographic. That means not people who are in the same demographic. They're just not all baby boomers or a certain age or adolescents. But they're people who think the same way. And that's their demography. Not their age or how much money they have. They think a certain way. Like Eric was saying, the person who takes charge of their health and the person who just lets it go. And that's an important point for my listeners, if you're really interested in retirement coaching. So, Eric, who is a good candidate? Who is the psychographic for this kind of work? It's, it's somebody that has always pushed himself a little bit throughout their career years and in their personal life. Somebody that, um, that values their time. So if, when you think, for example, about how much time you have left, uh, a lot of people approach retirement as, oh, I have all the time in the world. And they don't value their time. The person that does best with retirement coaching is the person that values their time and looks at the next two or three decades in retirement as that, that now they actually have the time to be their own CEO of their lives. They allo they're going to allocate this time um, to doing the things that they find interesting, exciting, that push them a little bit, that are new, that, um, something that gives a sense of excitement in people's lives. That's, that's the type of person that does best with retirement coaching, the way that I practice it. And I, that's very important because you don't want to waste your time and you don't want to waste your money and you don't want to be disappointed in yourself. So you, you should know who you are. I look at it as I call the positive deviant, the person who is the role model uh, or has a role model. They'd like to be like that person. They are different from everyone else. I do want you to know, it sounds crazy, but people who are excited about their aging and their extra years of life are rare. You're going to have peer pressure that's going to tell you, what are you doing all this for? You should be retired in the real way. What do I mean by the real way? The easy way, playing the golf, playing the pickleball, going to the pool. You have to do all that stuff. That's baseline. Then what are you going to do? So you will have some peer pressure to make you more indolent. Uh, but if you have that psychographic, it really is worth it to get this navigation. So, so let's go back to that. When you um, are in a retirement mode, you have to make these decisions. Is this something that people ought to do before they retire while they're thinking about it, maybe particularly a couple? Uh, or is there any bad or wrong time to go through this uh, journey? Well, there isn't a bad or wrong time to, to, get, to start thinking about your life. I mean, I look at retirement 
as a lot of people look at retirement as it's a one and done. So it's like this fork in a road um, and you go, you, you veer right or you veer, veer left and that those are the only options. I think of retirement as you're still the same person the day, the same person you were the day before you retired as the next day after you retired. So, so I, I look at it as the best time you start thinking about this is clearly three to five years before retirement. Um, but if you if you've retired and you've gone through what's very typical kind of a honeymoon phase in the first couple of years, um, and now you you realize you know this isn't so great spending you know all this time playing pickleball or golf and doing the same things over and over. That's still enough. That still gives you enough time if you think if if you're going to be spending two or three decades, uh, the rest of your life in, in, in this phase of life. So I don't think there's a bad time to get started, but typically, but you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck, if you will, if the, the sooner you think about what you want your life to look like in the future. And I've been observing this for a while. I would also say that three years, two or three years, and you mentioned that honeymoon period, two or three years after retirement is a great time as well. Because what happens, um, because I never really had a boss, I was always an entrepreneur. I never retired as such with a gold watch with a particular date that I took my box from my desk and left the office, right? But there was a time that I was working full-time on somebody else's contract or contractually. And I stopped doing that very late in life, about age 70. So what I was observing is that most people retire in their mid-60s from a real job. And the first two years, they do like what you call the easy retirement. They're, they're thrilled to be able to have time, pick a ball, clean out their drawers, go on vacations, all the things you mentioned. They're thrilled to have that time. Around the third year, it starts to get old. And they begin to wonder, wait a minute, I'm not dead yet. What should I do now? I got year, so many more years than I thought. So I think there's that second phase of having retirement planning, the, the best being five to three years before retirement. And then the second comes in after the honeymoon period. And I really, really love that idea that you can work with people of a younger age like yourself and people of an older age. That's, that's really a seminal uh, part to me, it's the next book, you know, retire again or something like that. I don't know. You 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 make up good titles, but <laughs> that that's a great suggestion. Thank you. <laughs> retirement two point I don't know. Phase two. <laughs> this retirement the sequel. Now I'm going right. All right. So anyway, so anyway, I want to go back then to um, we know how to find you. We know how to find you, but. You're an industry, too. You're in an industry. How do you find retirement coaches? You can't handle everybody, Eric. So how would you look? And and like we we always talk about what to look for in a financial advisor. Well, what do you look for in a retirement coach? Yeah, it's 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 an emerging industry. Honestly, um, there is a there are a couple of re, uh, organizations that certify retirement coaches. Uh, I belong to one called the RCA, which is Retirement Coaches Association. Um, 
is it's um, a group. They're pro. They're about three hundred of us in our group. Um, it's an emerging field. People from all kind, all walks of life, all backgrounds have become certified. Some of us come more from a financial side. There are others come more from the uh, clinical psychology side. Um, some people were HR professionals for their for their careers. So I think I think there's everybody sort of has the same set of standards, but at the same same time we have different specialties. So for example, I incorporate the the money side and in, in everything that I do. While a lot of my peers, uh, my other coaches, the other coaches, uh, focus on a non-financial side only. And I'm going to end here with a, a wonderful word you use, and, and I never had heard it, and that is your retirement superhero. Tell people what you mean by that, and how it can help us focus on who we want to be in the future. Yeah. Um. So I read this book by a gentleman called Todd Herman. And I can't remember exactly the name of the book, but he's kind of a personal growth guru. And he was talking about the idea that he he coaches a lot of or or he works with a lot of athletes, especially when their confidence dips. And he says, remember when you were a kid, you know, when you're starting off a sport, in my case, it was playing tennis and I would hit against the wall for hours and hours thinking that I was playing the the finals at Wimbledon against Bjorn Borg, um, I was sort of emulating that per- that person. So a retirement superhero to me to me means somebody that has led a full life that in retirement that is still incredibly upbeat about their life despite they may have some health issues and so forth but to me that person um, was actually is actually my uncle uh, my uncle lives in Costa Rica or he spent his time between Washington DC and Costa Rica and he's currently 93 years old and he's about to get on a plane to spend three weeks in Spain by himself um, and I've never seen anybody that is so able to adapt to whatever situation you're in, talk to all people for, of all ages, all socioeconomic backgrounds, and just fit in and still enjoy himself and have wake up every day with an attitude that I'm so grateful to be alive and I'm, I'm so happy to be around people. Well, that's a beautiful ending and uh, something that we can all certainly take away. Thank you so much for being with us. And you know what I'm going to say? This is all in keeping. I say this every single week, uh, week for four years. Get out there, kids, and make it happen. I'm inappropriate.